0: welcome back to the league podcast on today's show you asked for him we've got him we're joined by the man known as the beer pong baron the mouth of manhattan yes the brazilian beast himself coming off of a week six victory over steve and back in first place in pursuit of his first ever league title we talk with raf about the state of his team an nfl storyline capturing his attention and we open up our mailbag to hear questions from you, the listeners. Thanks for joining. Let's get started. Hey. Love it. <laughs> Love it. I gotta have a custom welcome for the first place uh, for the first place guy right now.
1: Can you believe it? Unbelievable! I'm excited. Excited to be here. Excited to be in first place. This is amazing, my friend.
0: Has this ever happened for you? I, I don't recall the last time you were in first place this late in the season.
1: No, <laughs> <You're> right—the <laughs> first game of the season once, but no, this is uh, quite a quite a turnaround from draft day, and now uh, see what happens.
0: Man, must feel good. All right, let's let's dive in. So um, you're at five and one right now. Uh, I think Matt is the other, the only other person who's at five and one. So you've got that point differential over him. Looking at your team right now what's the secret sauce how does it happen
1: uh, so that's a, it's a great question i i'm i don't know um i think this team is built on somebody shows up each weeks and puts up at least 40 points and that has been the magic uh lamar did it a couple times uh kelsey did it i guess it was one or two weeks ago in the monday night comeback thriller where i actually went to bed you know Okay, I've lost, and all of a sudden I wake up and I won by three points because Kelsey put up a monster game. So every week, someone new shows up. I have no idea who it was. I had Matt Ryan on my bench. She put up 40 uh, yeah. yesterday. Uh, so, you know, I just got to trust somebody will show up, and as long as it happens, hey, like, it works out well for me.
0: It's wild, man. I have not. I can't remember the last time I've seen this. You're absolutely right. Sometimes it's Pittman. Sometimes it's Diggs. Uh, Kelsey has been steady as hell for you. Uh, Lamar Jackson, of course, uh, especially for the first few games, really yeah. playing at an MVP level. Um, talk to us about intentionality here. I mean, you you drafted these guys. Clearly, you thought they were going to do well. Uh, did you think they would do this well?
1: no so look i've been hearing your podcast hearing the other the managers of their teams hearing draft strategies you know we have to check into brendan and his purchasing of um extra sources i'll say that he admitted to um which i don't (laughs) think we should allow i think we should go with go with the guts i think we should check then on that um but no I, i don't know if you recall but during the draft. I actually was on a work video uh, call as we were drafting. So first of all, shout out to to Steven team for a great draft house, which had the wifi capability to do the draft and my work video call. So doing that and just trying to pick in between, uh, you know, I had a couple of players. Uh, I saw Herbert obviously went off the board first, which I was shocked at. Um, so I saw Lamar there and said, hey, uh, you know, this is this guy I believe in. Put up some points. And then from there, it was just touch and feel. Went with wide receivers, which I always think, you know, if we, this league is, you know, you can play five wide receivers a week in this league. So if you have some good ones, uh, you can kind of, you know, dominate that that realm. Uh, and then Kelsey, again, I saw him there. I think it was the third or fourth round. I think, you know, this is one where a tight end to me is always important. There's so few solid tight ends. Uh, so a couple of guys here and there, but ultimately just trying not to make any mistakes. And so far, it, it's been okay. Cam Akers is, is hurting right now.
0: Um, yeah. So have you have you been following that storyline at all?
1: Well, I you know I'm hopeful. I saw what Carolina was looking to trade uh, Chris McCaffrey. So like, maybe we'll just trade running backs uh, there. And maybe that will be a, a fresh start for everybody. I don't really know what's going to happen. Um, look, the guy came back from his injury. You hope for better, uh, there. I, I think the sooner he gets traded or released and then picked up by a new team, the better for me right now. I, I, I can't yeah. get rid of him. Uh, you know, he, he is, I think valuable once he gets picked up. So I, I can't really shake him loose, but, um, it's unfortunate he wasn't doing much anyway. So from that perspective, hopefully like, uh McCray said, a change of scenery, may help that team and hopefully hopefully me as well
0: yeah yeah it's been funky there clearly he hasn't necessarily been getting the touches but their line the rams have have has just been decimated this year um so yeah even a move to carolina potentially i mean i i think their line is is okay and and especially if he's uh the lead guy if there was some sort of swap or if christian mccaffrey was sent elsewhere um then he he could provide some value for you. So um, this might be a nice uh, segue here. I don't want to make any assumptions about your team here, but what do you think has been the most disappointing pick of your season so far?
1: Uh, that's good. So I think Cam has to be at six, um, just given that he's really not produced anything. He's riding my bench there. Um, uh, I was, you know, the other two, my my two other tight ends, which I don't think I've actually I've put in a game yet. Uh, Knox and Higby. I was actually hopeful that I could start two tight ends um, every week and put up some good points. And again, the tight ends are not many valuable tight ends out there. So holding three is probably screwing somebody else over, which not a bad philosophy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Um, but those two, again, have been, you know, not very active in either of their their teams. Unfortunately, we'll see. I, I have some considerations for move this week with some buys coming into play. I don't actually have a wide receiver that I can start currently, um, so I need to figure something out. I got to figure out whether it's releasing one of those two or doing something else to to fill that spot. So there'll be yeah. some some movement there.
0: Yeah. All right. So other side of the coin, then you're six weeks in, you've had a number of standouts um, and your your team is really proof of when you hit on all of your guys in the early rounds. Like you're just going to have a really, really solid foundation. Who do you think has been your best pick so far?
1: I think it has to be Kelsey. Uh, again, he, like you said, right? he just performs week in, week out. Lamar had a great start. He's trailed off a little bit. Um, Kelsey's just kind of been there. Uh, every week, uh, I'm again surprised. Uh, Brandon San Francisco, I can't pronounce his last name, so I'm not even going to try. Brandon uh, Ayuk. Ayuk, there you go. Um, he showed up big last week. Um, Pitman, I don't know what to believe in Pitman either. Uh, he he scares me sometimes, but he's you know been performing well. So uh, it's. I'm happy like from a draft perspective, right? Like I'm happy. Uh, I was, you know, to, to knock on Yahoo for a second, but they gave me a C minus worst, you know, right. tie with Mr. Manager at the end there uh, so far so well. And the other thing I, I was preparing for this and looked back at some of the um, the quotes they were giving for each week, every week they picked me to lose. I have won. the one week they picked me to win. I lost.
0: Funny. So clearly,
1: everything i'm doing opposite of yahoo so i'm hopeful i'm the underdog for the rest of the season because that bodes well for me so far uh so yeah nice Uh, some people come
0: on this show and they talk shit about other managers you come here on here and you talk shit about the platform i love it (laughs) i love it getting back at them for that c minus uh for your draft grade (laughs) um last area here to look at with your team um we've tried to use these podcasts as a time to not only reflect on teams but maybe signal to other managers where you might be interested uh in trading or improving so when you look at your team what do you think is the area where you most like to improve
1: I think it has to be running back um I picked up white Tampa Bay I actually saw that first game that they played and I thought and I, I forgot who said it on your podcast earlier I think whoever drafted him initially I made the comment like he could be a useful back after Fournette um, for pass catching. It hasn't panned out yet. I yeah. picked him up and thinking that that could pan out. So we'll see what happens to him. They're kind of reeling right now anyway. So hopefully, um, you know, that does pick up. But I think running back, especially with Acres down, somebody who really could show up week in and week out, uh, Cream Hunt. You know, it was terrible last week. We'll see where he plays out. That that team doesn't look very good. So yeah, anybody wants to give me a good running back, I don't know who I have to offer, but I got two tight ends sitting on my bench for a while. Ah. If anybody believes in uh, Knox or Higby, feel free to give me a call.
0: Right on. So th- this leads to the question: What kind of trader are you? Like, h- how d- how does one yeah. get trades done with Raph Roberti? It's
1: offering. And you never know, right? Because I will probably accept more trades than others just on a gut feeling. Again, I mean, it, it, for Knox and Higby now, the bye week is now. So for anybody interested, their buy is done. From that perspective, they mm-hmm. they know a player is going to be there week in week out. Um, and if it feels right, I you know just go for it. I stats to me. Again, you know, you saw my email thread on stats and Yahoo and, and again, not going on that or or a commish, but it's, I watched the game and it feels good. Like, oh yeah, I could see that. I mean, look, I was looking at, um, Russell, um, uh, oh my God, like Seahawks quarterback, Russell Wilson, uh, Russell Wilson there you go. Sorry. Yeah. And he was playing last night, did terribly. Um, but. I was tempted, you know, maybe something, you know, maybe he shows up later, right? Like Mm -hmm. this guy has been historically good. My other two quarterbacks, Daniel Jones and Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, I never know what I'm going to get any week. Daniel Jones, and we'll talk about this on the the NFL side, he showed up, right? Like he's putting up some points. Um, So I'm intrigued by people who I, you know, remember I'm I'm a glory days person, right? They were great in the past. And if I feel (laughs) like they come back, I would love it. I would love it.
0: So you're not someone who's going to pour over your stats or do the comparison of like week to week to week. If you open up that trade proposal and it just looks good to you, you'll be like, yep, I'll take it. I got,
1: yeah, I got to recognize the name, though. Again, I, like all these new players, I don't watch. I I watch as much football as I can. But with life and otherwise, if I don't yeah. know the guy, I'm like, I have no idea who this was. It needs to be someone. Randall Cobb, right? Randall Cobb came back to the Packers. He got injured. I actually saw him on the, on the free age. Oh, I'm going to get him because I just... Remember, like the glory days of you know Cobb and uh, Rogers hackers lighting yeah. up. Uh, thankfully, you know he's injured. Unfortunately, now, but uh, that would have been something. I was like, oh, I remember this. This got to be good, right? It's still the yeah. 1990s whenever they were
0: playing. Together. Yeah, and I mean this. This reminds me of an article I was reading the other day on how to facilitate how to facilitate trades. And one of the things that sticks out about that article is like you never know how other people value their players or your players. So like go for it um you know you don't want to seem like you're ripping someone off but like pose pose something that can benefit uh both sides and like you just never know how the other person's gonna react yeah I'm agree I'm agree right on um all right so you you're were, you're were giving us a little snippet there of uh the NFL storyline that is compelling to you let's transition to that what do you see around the league right now that's really piquing your attention?
1: I mean, you mentioned Manhattan, right? Like, look at those New York teams. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Right. Unbelievable. Where did the the Giants come from, right? Well, five and one now, one game behind the undefeated Eagles again. Yeah. You know, I know I know this is a DC you know fantasy league. I'll, I'll respect the NFC East for you guys and not say too much about it. But that that division is amazing. The Giants just keep winning I, I still don't know how. Uh and then my Jets, hey, Jets, right? Like you've got to go for it, 4 and 2. Yeah. Second place in the division. Uh and you know, it's it's a little tough being a Jets fan. It's very tough being a Jets fan. A little. It's very <laughs> tough being a Jets fan. But they give you hope, and now is the worst time. I was texting with one of my buddies. We're going to – we're having a family affair uh, game at the Bills-Jets game uh, in a couple weeks. When they play, we're all going, and I'm like, I'm getting excited, right? I mean, the Bills have been shaky. That could be for first place. I I don't know what I would do. It's (laughs) just Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And the Jets just show up, right? Zach Wilson's having them believing they're not a great offensive team, but they no. find ways to win. I couldn't believe they beat the Packers. Um, I think they
0: put it to the Packers. Yeah. 27 exactly. 10. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Insane. Insane. So I'm, you know, look, New York all the way. Um, you know, I don't know how the Yankees did this afternoon if they won their playoff game, but you got to go New York, New York, and see what's transpiring. It's, I think it's good for the NFL if New York teams are, are doing well.
0: I think that's right. When's the last time you recall the Jets? Being this good, being excited about them in this way.
1: It's got to be the Rex Ryan era at this point, right? I mean, when you, Rex was talking his mouth off about the Jets being amazing and in a couple of years, he'd actually, they were. They made it to the playoffs. Um, they had this little kind of uh, swag to them, uh, which you love, and you get excited about it. Again, after that, they died quickly, so <laughs> you lose. Yeah. Uh, my concern here, though, is. You'd almost want them to be, you know, a, a six and eleven team now with the 17 games, right? Some team where you still get a good draft pick because they're hmm. not going to do anything this year, right? You, you know they're not going to, you know, win, right? Four I, and
0: two is four and two, man. I don't know. I don't know. You you just don't want to get your hopes up. That's what I'm. I don't get your hopes
1: up. That's right. That's right. So I would love, you know, uh, a six and eleven. Right? We did well. Let's lose some close games. We're feeling positive about the season get a good draft pick and next year then it's super bowl baby man how long
0: have you been a a jets fan
1: i mean since i started liking football right so i don't know when that was uh since you know moved to to jersey uh from brazil but i think what really got me in was my year off from between college and law school So i was always a jets fan but between college and law school i I, took the year played and taught tennis so i had my sundays free so every Sunday, I'd be hanging out with my dad, just you know, watching the Jets, and I became a diehard fan at that point, um, which is great. Again, Brendan will tell you, having lived with me for so many years, I was always a Jets fan, but I probably became a more annoying Jets fan uh, after that time as well, because you know, you just watch them all the time, you get entrenched, and it's it's fun.
0: Nice, man. So having followed the team for that long and being. You know, a mega fan for let's say at least the last, what, 10 years, 10, 12 years? At least. Um, Shed some light on something or some things that the average NFL fan who doesn't follow the Jets wouldn't know about this team. What's making them successful right now?
1: Well, I I think it's one of the first times that they, you know, they don't have. A major star, right? They've got a lot. Of, you know, Quinton's doing well in the defense. The, the the team, it's it's a team game for them for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, Zach Wilson is not kind of blowing it up and kind of saying, okay, now it's my team and, and trying to run wild, right, with it. Um, you actually believe in the team, and they're, they're they're capable, right? I mean, they're not doing the typical Jets stupidity that you <laughs> want, a butt fumble and all these things that made us the ridicule of the NFL for so long. They're just playing the game um and i think look new york media is tough uh and i think people are just kind of like, you know what let's just play football keep it low right i still think we're very low on the uh, the media radar i think it's helpful that the giants are doing so well because they're taking some of the attention away mm-hmm. um so let's keep riding under the radar uh and you know see what happens but i don't want them to get too hopeful too aspirational like believe believe in yourself but let's you know understand that we still got a lot to a lot of holes to fill uh wide receivers i I couldn't name you many of those jets current wide receivers right now because i don't know who they are right um robbie anderson obviously we got rid of last year whole saga with him going on now um going from carolina to arizona this week so
0: you know we'll we'll see so it's not an it's not an all-star cast that you guys are working with <laughs> at the wide receiver. There's um, Corey Davis, Elijah Moore, Elijah Moore. Um, Garrett Wilson, Braxton Berrios, and and like like n- none of those guys are stars. Some of them have potential, but I think to your point, there yeah there really is a team mentality. There's a team performance around this year's version of the Jets, and in terms of not having those typical Jets gaps. I think that points to good coaching, man. Yeah,
1: Thayla's so doing well. Thayla's so doing well. He came in and just... He's not about himself, right? I mean, that helps tremendously. Look, Rex Ryan was entertaining as hell, uh, but I think it was probably too much. Yeah. Uh, so, that's just in there saying, let's let's just do the simple things. It's very... It's just, it's just a straightforward game. So, let's keep it going. So yeah. I love it. I, again, I'm excited about it.
0: And I think his demeanor... Is it Saylor? Is that how you say it? Yeah. Robert Saylor, the head yeah. coach? Uh, I think his demeanor helps keep it under the radar as well. He did make that comment. I want to say it was after week two or maybe like right before week two or week three where he got a little feisty. He said (laughs) he's basically talking about how no one in the media was giving the team any credit, any chance. And he said he was taking receipts and people shit on him that week for like, God taking receipts. You're the Jets. Like, what do you and then like it was really at that moment that I think that team season turned around. I think you. I mean, I think he played it well, right? Because he he's got a good
1: sense of the pulse of his team, and I imagine you know the team was hearing it as well. And he was kind of one way to do that. Is, it's easy to say in the locker room, "Hey, I believe in you guys." It's yeah. another thing to kind of put yourself out there and probably go outside of his personality to do that in the media. Yeah. And the team was like, "Oh, right. Oh, yeah, coach. Let's let's. I got you, right? Yeah. And that's that's helpful. It's uh, it's nice to see. It really is."
0: Yeah, it's it's not that Rex Ryan approach where it's just like <laughs> boisterous all the time, but it was like just the right injection in what is otherwise not that kind of style from the coach that makes people hey, just like perk their ears up. Exactly, exactly
1: right. Which is great. Right? I mean, you got it like you he said. He's he's done well with the team. I'm excited. I'm excited about. it.
0: Right on. Right on. All right. Ready for the mailbag? Uh-oh. Let's do it. <laughs> and again, I don't know who submits these uh, I try to make my way uh my way through as many of these as we can get to, I think we should we should be good here. But um, we'll start with this one. Last year's draft, extremely QB and tight end heavy. Was that intentional, or was the flight attendant telling you to put away your handheld device? <laughs> <laughs> so, as a reminder, and I looked up last year's draft for you. You drafted at the nine spot. Uh, you had Lamar Rogers at the turn then Dak in the third round. And I think that really threw people off. We're like, what is Raf doing? So starting out with three quarterbacks. Um, and then on the four turn, you had Kittle. And then that was round four. Round seven, you had Robert Tanyan. So five of your first seven picks, you had uh, three quarterbacks, two tight ends. It's not quite the same strategy <laughs> this year, but like, wh- wh- what happened last year? Someone was curious out there. So you're right. It's not quite the same, but I actually think it's not okay.
1: that different um, just given the way the draft played out. Right. So QBs are obviously very valuable and, and people have said it on this you know, podcast for a bit, yeah. right. I mean, QB worth right now is very high five in the first round this year. Um, yeah. So Lamar I've been consistent with, I think if you can get two, Top-notch QBs, which I kind of rated Lamar and Rodgers to have been you know, last year. I think if they stayed healthy, they would probably would have been. Um, I, I think if they put up 40 points or 30 points, uh, you know, a, a week that's 60 points right there. Usually, you get to 140, you, you're in a good spot to, to be mm-hmm. winning games. So you're looking mm-hmm. at the rest of the team just putting up some aspect of points, and then you get to the tight end. And I, I think tight end is one of those positions where the gap between the top two or three players and yeah. everyone else is huge. Yeah. yeah. And so if, and we start, we can start two tight ends, right? And I actually think, you know, we, we probably start, to, we have too many wide receiver options because the wide receivers, there's not many, that many good wide receivers in the league. Right. Um, if you can get two top tight ends, and again, you know, the more points you get at a tight end takes away points that someone else can get at a tight end. Uh, you do have, uh, a leg up um, and you put the two Packers together, maybe for, you know, uh, not for uh, Rogers, throws and Tanya. And that, that's a good matchup. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it didn't pan out at all. Uh, Dak also didn't pan out. Um, you know, so it, it didn't end up working. I probably Dak was definitely too high. Uh, I can say that. Right. I, I think I probably should have been more balanced with the wide receiver running back at that pick. But I, you know, I think I would, I would always, if I could pick the two QBs, uh, if I think that there is, you know, if you can get two in the top tier and the second tier, yeah. uh, you know, they're not, you know, they're not stay available. You wait, but I think if you can get those two in the top tier, you, you really put a, a step above everyone else here.
0: For sure, man. It's amazing to me how crystal clear people's memories can be of years past when it comes to their draft, sometimes other T te- other people's teams. Um, and, and, You know, also you're you're saying here and you you talked about it a little bit in your team when you talked about your team before, but there's so many like mini philosophies (laughs) that go into draft strategy and trying to find the positional advantage and you know, with a league like ours that allows for a really big roster and you can have 2 QBs and you can have up to 5 wide receivers Matt actually a couple of weeks ago no last week last week uh Matt was actually talking about that as well knowing that we can have 5 wide receivers how do we uh, or ha- how would how could he get most of that positional value uh you even on on your team this year with the tight ends you have 3 you're only really using one it sounds like if you needed to use more than one you could but part of your thinking is also taking those points out of other people's teams and just kind of hoarding them for yourself
1: that's right now had i known all three of my uh i guess two of my tight ends were on by um the same week with digs it probably would have been a a different thought process but yeah that's exactly right right i I think taking away some points is is helpful um i would have loved for knox or higby to actually have have consistent points so just i don't feel them yet i can't rely on them yet yeah um so we'll we'll see what happens on the on the turn uh the next two thirds of the season. But uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of football still we played.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and you know, one thing that I was talking about someone earlier this week when we were trying to swing a trade and couldn't quite do it is that our new rules around trade deadline moving from I think it was I wanna say week eleven, maybe before it was week ten or week eleven now moving that to the end of the regular season so I think week 14 is the last time that we can swing a trade that changes the calculus a little bit it changes how long some people are willing to wait um you know do you do you want to trade for someone early and then have them get get injured or like you know like wait until later in the season and have other people's teams get a little more decimated then you have some draft capital so one thing that I like about you know, this constant tweaking in our league is it forces you to rethink strategy year after year after year.
1: Yeah. And look, and Brendan said it when he was on as well, right, the commits, you know, he's always looking to change things to make it better. And I think that's yeah. exactly right. You can't, you can't settle in. You got to keep tweaking, making it interesting. Uh, and look, it's more fun for us, right? If you yeah. keep
0: playing yeah. around with it, it keeps it on our toes. Yeah. Right on. All right. Next one here. Of all the fantasy football teams you've ever fielded, who's your all time favorite player or biggest regret? Uh,
1: I, I think I, I mean, drafting him last two years, and maybe even him, Jackson, I, I'm a big fan of. I, I think Lamar brings so much. In terms of upside every year and again i i I am a Ravens fan as well by right? going to college in, that's in Baltimore. right, yeah, so I do have a soft spot for my ravens um so Lamar I think you know that's obviously recent history, but I'm a big um Lamar guy uh you know, I forget there was a big regret, and I'm sure someone on you know in our group will be able to quickly reply if this was live to tell me what it was um there was some somebody I took um midway through or, you know early on in the draft and it was just a complete bust and everyone knew it was gonna be bust and I'm like, I believe and it just I think zero points all year type of thing. I'm like, oh shit. get rid of it. I mean it was bad. It was bad. Um and I can't remember who it was, but uh you, the next person will tell you, I'll I'll put the mailbag in and I'll let you know who it was for the for the listeners.
0: Yeah. All right. So folks if you're listening at home and you can remember <laughs> uh who Raph's uh, all-time bust was. Go ahead and throw that onto the league thread, and uh, we can. Why not? I'll share. I'll share it out uh, next week when when we're on the show, just to fill the uh, listeners in. <laughs> um, Raph, I think we are winding down here on time, so let's go for a bold prediction to wind us down. You're, you're. Um, oh yeah, I always like to do a little preview. You're playing Jason this week in week seven, and you alluded to it earlier like bi-week season is upon us. People's rosters are starting to get really impacted week to week, and there's no predictability around your stars being present there. So people are going to have to get creative, whether that comes through uh, the waiver wire, through trades. Uh, I'm curious to see who's going to be that first person that... like. People don't really want to drop, but feel they have to in order to fill out their roster. There always seems to be something like that happening this year. Uh, uh, every season, but, uh, you're playing Jason in week seven right now. It's, it's not looking great for you, but like, again, you can always fiddle with your roster and, and it might get a little closer to even what's one bold prediction, uh, either this week or for your team or in the NFL, one bold prediction you want to wind us down with.
1: Well, again, I mean, I am on under guard again, so that's bowling well for me so far. So watch out, Jason, uh, I'm supposed to lose by about 16 points. So, uh, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I, I have to fill in Digs here, so that's the one by person I have to um, uh, fill in to kind of round out my team. Uh, you know, I I'm actually gonna make a bold prediction. I think for for this season, I was just looking at the rankings a little bit, and and I, I don't know who this is. Pumping green blood. Yeah. Um. Luke. That's Luke. Luke. So he just won. He was at one and four, two and four. He's scored a ton of freaking points. I mean, he, yep, he's yep. killing people in points. This this league, unfortunately, you get unlucky sometimes. Uh, and I got lucky, Mister Mister uh, uh, just. 84 points this last week because he was on a bunch of buys. So I could have, I was, when I looked at that, I'm like, okay, I can put up 100 points. I should win.
0: Yeah, it's you the guys, buys, Steve like, It's the buys. That's why you lost last week.
1: Steve it was. It was. <laughs> um, so Luke, I, I'm actually nervous. Um, I, I think he can make a run at this. He's used a lot of his waiver budget. So hopefully he's built to get a good team now. Uh, but watch out Luke. I'm not rooting for you, but I'm, I'm watching you uh, in the rear view mirror there. I'm all the way up here from first place. Uh, hopefully make a run a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think that's something someone to look out for because look, the key here is make the playoffs, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Make you the playoffs in, and they can happen. And I think he'll make the playoffs and he's going to be at the terrifying team to, uh, to play. On the other hand, I'm, Excited to make the playoffs. Hopefully it's a long season. My confidence on like a one and done type of situation is is tough because I'm relying on one player blowing up. And if everyone has average games, you know my team's not quite built for that. So I could be like the Dodgers, uh, you know, in the in the in the baseball and just killing it all season and then not showing up for the playoffs. So we'll see what happens. Long road, but uh, yeah, Luke's my Luke's my uh, big bro
0: prediction here for to take it all. Yeah, let's go for that. Damn, Luke has been getting a lot of love on the show this week, uh, this year. I think at least three people have said, in some form or fashion, he's either going on a big run or he's going to win it all. Um, all right, Luke, if you're listening, you got you got a lot of people behind you. Uh, the fall's going to be pretty mighty when you can't follow through. But uh, Rap <laughs> is QB a QB situations
1: is a worry. His QB situations an issue, but we'll yeah.
0: see. And pe- pe- I don't know if people recall, but Luke's teams historically have had a lot of talent and then have had some really tragic injuries <laughs> to yeah. them and and there's there's something about it where even this year seems to be following suit obviously to uh you hate to see that happen to the guy he's back it looks like he'll he'll be starting uh week seven but even Carson Wentz I want I want to say oh someone fact check me on this I want to say that Luke was the guy who drafted Andrew Luck
1: that oh. year that he
0: just all of a sudden retired um so so there's there's been stuff with luke's team but he he looks uh he looks strong right now all right so that's that's another tally in the luke for champ uh camp ref a lot of fun man thanks for making the time appreciate you joining us here
1: uh zach i appreciate appreciate you doing this this is fantastic love hearing the the weekly uh podcast so thanks man